Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast. I am an emotional lunchbox again. And that is because the Toronto Maple Leafs suck. They're terrible. Man, can I can I just say they're this? garbage? I just want if, to get that out of the way. If you had told me yesterday morning that I was going to be super happy recording this podcast and you were going to be a fucking like mess, I would not have believed you. Because the entire the entirety of last week was building to me being a miserable fucking piece of shit on this podcast. Well, you guys are still one in five. So yeah, like, but at least we won last night. We have a win. Yeah, like, we have like two. positives. We we've got positives going. We have two yeah. wins, so we're still <laughs> ahead of you in the standings, technically. <laughs> but I'm not kidding when I say I, I am very, very worried about this the fragility of this hockey team. It's it's terrible. Yeah. So like, let's terrible. get let's get let's get right into it. Um, what the fuck happened last night, Eve? I don't know. I turned it off after it was like three or four one. I went and I turned it. I watched the baseball game. So. Yeah, no, I wasn't, and I, I watched a little bit of the Raptors game, and I, when I started, it, it, I swear I'm a curse. I was watching the Leafs game, right, and they're getting absolutely walked, and yep. then I go and I start watching the Raptors game, and I start watching, and it's like 72-73 or something for, for, I forget who they're playing, and then literally I look away, I swear to God, I look back, they're losing like 90-77, to 77, and I'm like, <laughs> what just happened? Like, What? And then I literally, I was like, okay, I'm done tonight. I'm done with sports tonight. This is ridiculous. This is absurd. <laughs> it seems like everywhere I look, I just cause, like, utter pain and disappointment. So, I, I'm just going to stop. So, so, the final score last night was 7-1. 7-1, yeah. A loss to a Pittsburgh team with no Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Carter, or Rust. Yeah, no. They didn't have any of these guys. The only no real player. talented player they had was Jake Gensel. <laughs> Well, not, obviously, everybody in the National Hockey League is talented, but, yeah. you know, in comparison yeah, yeah. to... Anyway, these guys don't have high wins above replacement levels. Let's put it that way, okay? <laughs> um, okay, Mr. Advanced Stats. Anyway, yeah, no, I and the frigid... Like, Mitch Marner has been the worst forward in the National Hockey League to this point this year. Like, he hasn't done anything. And I know I hate being that guy. I hate being the guy who rips on him because, you know, it's a, it's five, six games now yeah. that he's he's looked invisible, like useless, like terrible. The best player on the Toronto Maple Leafs to this point, and he has like, I think he accounts for 25% of our goals scored, Jason Spezza. A 38-year-old who's making $750,000 a year should not account for 25% of our goals when we got like, four guys making 40 mil. Yeah, yeah, like that's so, as bad. So I don't know what we do. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know. There needs to be some sort of cultured shock to these kids. Like that's what it is. That's that's what needs to happen. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that culture shock is. All right. So I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not backing these ideas. I'm just gonna throw them out there just because these are like the the ones that you see on like Twitter the most. Uh, so let's start with is it Dubis's fault? No, it is absolutely not Dubas' fault. This is entirely on the players. Entirely on the players. Do you fire Sheldon Keefe over it? He hasn't even played a full 82-game season yet. Can you do that? Can you do that? I don't know. I think that's a little bit ridiculous. I don't know if you start there. I don't know if you start by firing Keefe. I think you probably start with some line juggling. Like, 
Mitch, you're playing on the third line, bud. That's how that's how you're playing right now. You're playing on the third line. Jason, you're on the first line. Spets, you earn it if you want it, Jason. I know because that's another thing too. He's old. He might not want to play first line minutes, Jason Spetsa, no. right? No. But if he wants to, if he wants to do that, then you got to give it to him. He's earned it, right? Uh, and Mitch Marner has done anything but earn those minutes. Do you move Matthews to the wing to accommodate Spets on the first line, or absolutely Spets not? On Jason Spets can play on the wing. Okay. Yeah, Spets on the wing. Honestly, if if I have if I have any balls, and I'm Sheldon Keefe, I next game I start Matthews, Spetsa, and Nylander. That's who I start, and then my second line is Tavares, Bunting, Richie. And then, yeah, I I think I think you keep the uh, Kasha Camp Kerfoot line intact, and yeah, that 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 kind of becomes your fourth line though. And then Mitch yeah. Mitch Mitch is more of a third line role, I think, at this point okay, until who, he starts. Show- just I don't I don't know the Leafs roster enough. Who would be on Marner's line with him? So that he would be up there with a guy like Engvall. Or okay, and okay. Simmons, Engvall and Simmons, I okay. think are, are the two who have been playing the most. But um, yeah, no, it's he can't uh, he can't keep doing this. We can't we, we, we're shooting ourselves in the foot if we keep playing him on the top line and giving him those types of minutes because he's been the worst forward. Like statistically, I test whatever way you want to look at it. Mitch Marner's been the worst forward in the National Hockey League so far this year. So now I I, don't I know. just you know. This isn't the first time that Marner's, I don't want to call it ghosted, but... Um, well, last year in the playoffs, but like, to be honest with you, Catano, I, this is a stat. It's now a six-game stra- stretch, but I read this stat before last night's game. Yeah. That's the first time Mitch has, has gone a five-game stretch, only getting one point since January of 2018. So, he hasn't, like, that, and that's why I hate people that are like we got to trade him no we don't have to trade him he's one of the most talented players in the league and right the way he's playing right now the way he looks right now you're gonna get nothing for him so you gotta hope he comes out of this is what you gotta hope you're not you're not just gonna trade him and get rid of your problems because trust me he's gonna go wherever we send him and he's gonna light the fucking league right up and we're gonna regret every second of ever moving that kid yeah for sure well and and that's kind of what i was getting at is like you you don't want to trade him but like if this is a, a trend that kind of continues, even if it's, you know, he busts out of it and then has another one in the playoffs or next season, like, how do you, how would you go about trying to solve that problem? Well, I don't think there's really anything anybody can do except for Mitch Marner. Really? Like, like really? You know? What, uh, what, what can anybody do? Like, how can you, how do you get somebody to care more? How do you get somebody to, like, want to know what makes Zach Hyman great? Every game, 100%. Yeah. 100% every game. I just haven't, that, it, six games now, I haven't seen 100% one time for Mitch Marner. For a guy who makes $11 million, that's just straight up unacceptable. Yeah. Unacceptable. It's not right. So, I don't know. It's on him. And that's 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 just him. The rest of the team looks horrible, too. Like, Jack Campbell's been fantastic. Jason Spetz has been fantastic. Rasmus Sandin has been fucking... He he looked pretty decent the last couple of games. Excellent. Rasmus Sandin has been excellent. Um, But beyond that, Bunting's, Bunting looks good. Muzzin and Hole look horrible. 
Like they look like really, really pedestrian out there. Morgan yeah, Riley's giveaways like, are just. Do you do you cool. think that's a consequence of the team around them not playing well? Well, I think they, but th- those guys eat up a lot of minutes. Muzzin and Hole, they're they're the ones who are going to set that tone. Really, they're they're the ones that we rely on in all of the defensive situations, the the situations that we need a rock, right? It's Muzzin and Hole, and uh, they are not anything but a rock right now. Muzzin scored on like that's I turned the I turned the game off last night after Muzzin scored on our own net. To to, oh, that, to make that, that, that's a tough one for him though on that play. But he's been doing that. You you gotta know in that position where you're putting the puck. Like come on. This is the National Hockey League here. You cannot, you have how much, how much space over here to deflect the puck into? Why are you putting it into your net? Yeah. That's a mental lapse. That's all that is. And they've been doing, like, these mental lapses have happened way too often. What The, the, the wraparound goal, I think, to make it, I think it was the one nothing goal. I, I forget. I honestly forget. But it was a wraparound absolutely blew by Muzzin. And then wrapped around and Muzzin just and Hole couldn't get there to the post to, to stop the, the play from happening. And that's just And it almost it almost looked like Campbell didn't expect the wraparound at all. Like he didn't kick over to his post until it was no. way too late. Like just did not read that at all. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I would suggest to brass. I don't know what I suggest would suggest to coaching staff. I don't know what I I want I should I suggest to fans. I'm sorry guys, I got nothing. Like, we're, we look like like a very, very middle-of-the-pack-at-best team. Like, and that's what it is right now. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. We all know that we're, the talent level on this team is, is not middle-of-the-pack talent. We know that. Right? Like, two elite centermen should be, yeah. or should be an elite winger. And then... That's I'm not even talking about William Nylander. I'm not talking about Bunting, who's having an absolute beautiful season. Like, great goaltending. He's been one of the best goalies in the league so far this year, and he's not getting. He's just not getting the wins. Like yeah. Morgan Riley and T.J. Brody. Like, this is not a middle of the pack hockey team. It just isn't. Shouldn't be. And yeah, that's that's my spiel on that. I, I don't really know what else to say. I really don't. All right, oh, let, let me just poke and prod like one more time here. And this is just, you know, your opinion. Do you think, you know, you look to make a trade to shake something up or do you keep this in the organization for now? I don't know what trade you can make right now. I don't know what trade makes sense for the team. I really don't. Uh, if you're if we're just trading away a player to trade away a player and we're not getting better, then no, that's a horrible decision, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. If we're just gonna trade away, like if you're if you're suggesting trade Marner for a couple first. No, 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 no. No, no. I'm talking. I'm talking about like trying to like bring a guy in to like shake things up. You know what I mean? No. No. Yeah. No. These. That. That's the thing. Keep bringing. You keep bringing people in to shake things up work they got to do it themselves they have to figure this one out themselves this is this is an internal thing and uh yeah that's 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 the state of the toronto maple leafs 
right now, which is yeah. horrible. It's it's shameful. I had such I'm, high hopes for this season. I mean, hey, we're, we're six games in, bud. Relax. Yeah, I get that, but <laughs> it's different. The way this team is playing right now is different. They're they're just so not checked in. The whole team, too. Like, even last night, there was a goal that Pittsburgh scored that shouldn't have counted. Like, there was definitely goaltender interference on it. We didn't even bother to challenge it. Coaching didn't even care. We didn't so even bother. How the game was it? Early or late? Oh, it was late. Like, the coaches were checked right out. They didn't give a fuck. What? They just didn't care. Yeah. Like, it was like the 6 or the 7-1. I, I heard, I read this on Twitter. I Like I said, I turned the game off. Yeah. But, yeah. the Either the 6th or the 7th goal, I believe, there, there was... Some interference, goalie interference, and it would have gotten called back, like, clearly, from what I read on Twitter, and we just didn't even bother. I think it was Myrtle that tweeted it, so. All right, just, I'm going to go quick on that. If everyone on Twitter says it's going to get called back, it usually doesn't get called back. <laughs> that is what I mean. It was a pretty obvious cool. one, is, is the know, point. I know, I know, But I'm just, my experience with goalie interference as being a Habs fan is the more obvious it looks that it's going to get disallowed, the more likely it is to be allowed, and vice versa. Fair. Anyway. Yeah, I that's mean, all I got, man. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm, I'm almost in the same boat as you. I'm a little less of a, a pessimist about it, because, you know, we're six games into the season. The Habs have not had a great start. Well, you guys are supposed to be terrible, too. I mean... Take two of the three best defensemen on a team, uh, their number one goalie, and like you take that out of any team, and like that's what I literally just said. You guys are supposed to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, a one in five start to the season, not uh, not what I expected. How many points Caulfield had? I got his first assist of the season last night. Or he might have got two. No, just the one. Just the one. But you know, Michael Bunting for Calder. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, actually, it was a, it was an interesting stat they were talking about on uh, t- on the uh, broadcast last night, Hockey Night in Canada. The teams, the final four teams from last year's playoffs: the Islanders started their season two two and one, Tampa Bay two two and one, the Habs one and five, and Vegas uh, one and three, yeah. So like tough start all around. It it has been. Finals. It's and look at Buffalo and look at San Jose. What? Like Eric Carlson is back. I take back everything I've ever <laughs> said about him on this podcast. That man um, is literally like so back. He's so back. I, I'm I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm not. Oh, I'm he's not, back. I'm Eric Carlson is back and I'm, worth the money again. I'm not retracting statements anytime soon. Please tell me you saw him ripping a dip on the bench. Yes, of course I did. That was legendary. That's when, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, he's back. EK65 is, is back. Yeah, no. I, uh, if, if he can sustain this type of season over 82 games, I might have to, you know, recant some statements. But until then. He's already got, he's already like got half the points he got all of last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, not gonna lie, last couple seasons he's been fucking dog shit. I'm not surprised he put up no points. <laughs> he put up like 20 points last year. I think he's already at like seven or eight. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. 
wild. Good for him, man. Like, yeah. I, honestly, that kind of makes me like, I, I, that makes me happy for him. I mean, like, I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, I'm not upset that he's playing well. You know what I mean? But I'm just not gonna all of a sudden say that he's the best defenseman in the league again. After oh, I'm not games. saying he's the best defenseman in the league. I'm just saying he's back. Yeah. Anyway, San Jose looks good. Yeah, they fucking thumped us, man. Yeah. Like they didn't thump us, but they beat us. It's so like this the, when we played San Jose and Buffalo. It was literally just like the team just wasn't there. Like like Jake Allen showed up. Jake Allen tried his best, but the team in front of him just nothing. Yeah. And like and like you were saying about uh, Jack Campbell, like he's doing great, but he just just can't get wins. You know, we had fucking we were averaging less than a goal a game going into last night. We had four yeah, goals in five games. <laughs> That's no good. You can't do that and no. win. No. So put, putting up six last night was a, was a nice uh, change of pace. Uh, Matthew Perot, hat-trick. That was great. First Quebecois player to get a hat-trick for the Habs in the Bell Centre since Vincent Damfus in 98. Wow. Yep. Uh, something that I'd be interesting interested in talking about is I heard that they have already started interviewing other GM candidates. Yeah, so I country. I haven't I haven't heard any names of who they've who they've interviewed. I've got two. Okay. I think it was Dampoos. Which is oh, why and, Patrick, and Patrick Waugh. And Patty yes. Waugh. Um yeah. So I've heard those. I don't particularly know what their track record is like for management. I know uh Patrick was fucking uh coach for the Quebec Ramparts for a bit. Um, I would like to see us bring in someone experienced if Bergman doesn't stick around. But I and I know uh, Bergman has like they're still talking an extension too. Like they haven't completely given up on Bergman yet. But you know they're just feeling it out. Um, I hope Bergman signs signs an extension. I think he's done a good job. I would be more than happy to keep him around. Wow, that's pretty ballsy coming from a guy who's a fan of a team that started one and five. Okay, but, like, I'm looking bigger picture here. Like, his entire tenure, I'm going to back him. And also, you know, like I said a couple minutes ago, we're six games into a season with our number one goalie out and our number one and number three defenseman out. So yeah, like, I will I will say this. You guys have filled out that cap space, though. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, you, you kind of have to. Yeah, it's just, it's not like you're playing without, like, last night Pittsburgh was playing with, like, out oh, $30 no, no. million dollars in Oh, no, 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 okay, okay, I I understand what you're saying, but, like, so the Weber injury is long-term, so you're not just going to sit there and not fill that cap space. You know, we don't know when Carey Price is coming back, so, yeah, like, you know, you like, we might as well, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and, like, big picture, I Bergeron's moves have been, I can't think of a move that he's made that's been like terrible you know what i mean like straight up awful couple like misses that haven't worked out as great for us but like well i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you bergevin has drafted horribly and okay that's not that's not just a bergevin thing you could go back even farther to other gms and yeah we have not drafted particularly great no uh, you're horrible for, at it. for a very long time yeah. So like, like that's not that's not a Bergevin specific issue, but I also yeah, but it is now because he's the general manager now. 
So the fact okay. that he hasn't drafted, that's a that's a Bergevin issue. The fact that Bergevin is drafted like shit, that's a Bergevin issue for yeah. sure. But I mean, he's also got some absolute fucking steals. Caulfield at 15, uh, fucking like guys like Norlander, uh, Josh Brook, like who? Norlander and Josh Brook, they're they're still young guys. You haven't seen him yet. Actually, Norlander would have played a couple of preseason games for the Habs this year. But again, like still a young guy playing in Sweden, like expected to be like a two pairing guy. Like, yeah. But you know, I'm I'm I would very much if I'm if I'm Jeff Molson, my priority is extending Mark Bergman for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think it is for him. I I think it would be kind of I I I disagree with you there. I think that extending Bergman would be a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that if anything, that organization needs just a shakeup, and like all the other shakeups that you guys have tried, like firing the coach last year worked temporarily, but like I I don't think Ducharme is a long term coach either. Do you see that? Yes, I do. Uh, he's had great success at junior levels, uh, both like for, like a club team. Uh, fuck, was it Halifax? I think it was Halifax. Um, world junior success, so like you know, taking like a best on best team. Um, yeah, I think you know he was in the he coached our AHL team for a little bit, then was an assistant coach for the Habs, and now is a head coach. I think that was always going to be the progression. Um. So, yeah, I'm not at all surprised that he is the head coach right now. And, I, yeah, I expect him to be around, I'm not going to say, like, long, long term, but, like, definitely for the next couple of years, unless something goes horribly wrong. Or um, if, like, and now I'm going to say the same for Bergman, if, like, an outstanding candidate is available, then then I'm, you know, for a change-up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. Like, like, if for some reason, if, like, Steve Eiserman was available as a GM, like, yeah, I'd take him in Montreal in a heartbeat. Would you prefer Patty Watt? No, because I he doesn't have a, a track record in management that I think, like, he's never been, he's never managed a team, you know what I mean? And, yeah. like, I'm a very firm believer in, like, I don't I don't care for the, like, the name name value, like, same as, like, Gretzky's a head coach, shit head coach. Great player, huge name, not a good coach. Yeah, I so see like, what you're saying. I'd much rather ha- bring someone in who knows what the fuck they're doing than bringing a guy who, you know, had a Just great playing career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care if, I don't, if I've never heard, fucking heard the guy. If you can show me a track record of success in management and, like, and that's, like, full scale, like, drafting, uh, you know, trading, like, free agents, and then, like, on-ice success... Like, those are way, way, way more important than the guy's name. Yeah. I Of course. It's just sometimes a name like that can really, like I said, shake things up. And do, like they, it would just be if you feel like you need that at that moment in time. Yeah. And I, I don't think we need that yet. I think, I think if we were going, like, full, full rebuild, you know what I mean? Like, and like we're, like trading all the assets like you know guys like petrie edmondson you know guys like that going like the older guys all like like going out and like we're saying like we are going to start from scratch then maybe maybe a slim chance you'd give it to you know a guy with less experience and let him try and build a team 
but like right now we're still kind of in that like we're not we're not fully rebuilding like we're 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 leaning more towards go for it than rebuild you know what i mean yeah i think that i think yeah i think that's the wrong the wrong strategy for the habs at this point in time but that's just me. I, I just, I honestly, I don't think you guys have that talented of a lineup at all. Like top to bottom, I, I, I put you way closer to a Detroit than I put you to a Toronto or a Tampa. Well, I Meal. mean, there's, there, there are very few teams in the league in the ballpark of of uh, Toronto and Tampa. I can think of maybe Vegas and Colorado, really. And then there's a significant drop off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, like I, I also would not say that we are in that ballpark at all. Like. You know, see, see, this is exactly this is exactly what goes on with with the this is how being a Leafs fan is the Jeff Villette, obviously yep. shout out to him. Love him. The only correct way to respond to this game is to chase Anderson out of the net against Carolina on Monday. In other words, I look forward to his 58 safe shutout. Oh, 100 percent. Like, that's just how it is. That's just how we are as uh, as a team. I believe Anderson's given up like he's given up like three or four goals in his last couple games. And so now everyone's like, yeah, he's shut out against the Leafs guaranteed yeah you're gonna get absolutely goalied but anyways yeah. back to back to the Habs quick yeah I, I think we're leaning more towards go for it than rebuild so to to like give that to like a straight up rookie GM like not not ideal yeah and like I said, like I'm, I'm still, I'm still 100% behind Bergevin. I, if, if I'm in charge, I'm giving him an extension. All right, agree to disagree. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about Seattle. Yeah. And their so, home opener. Uh, so first of all, they are having some serious, serious tech issues. I don't know if you watched any of it. No. Yeah. Do you know if they played any of their? preseason games in there or did they just completely never play in there and that was the first time last night i'm not sure why because like they were struggling hard with the tech like in the opening ceremonies all of the cameras looked like they were from like the 1990s like they're all fuzzy and like you know like the vcr lines that like like it was doing shit like that um like the, the like the switches between cameras there was like like visible delay and like where you get like the black screen when they were switching between cameras it was really really bad isn't that uh, like a tv network issue though yeah but that's stuff that would be that would be installed in the stadium to like hmm. so really like, what, it was, it, like it was noticeably bad it was noticeably bad and then, but once the game started it was fine it was just all the pregame stuff it was just really 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 bad and again i if they so the way they made it sound on the broadcast was that they had never played in that stadium yet. So what would I assume was it was just, you know, the first time anyone had set all that equipment up in there and it was not great. <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, I, didn't, yeah, no, I, I fell asleep before that game even started or I didn't fall asleep, but yeah, yeah. I don't remember. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, you're drowning your sorrows. But, you know, uh, very good stadium. Good, loud fans. They lost, so, you know, get fucked. Yeah, um, Jeremy Tan put another point in. Yeah. I mean, the the Kraken are getting a very... Oh, excuse me. The Kraken are getting a very, very good uh, welcome to the NHL experience. Uh, getting fucked in their first ever game with that kick-in. Yeah. Like, the most blatant kick you'll ever see. 
Yeah. With like a couple minutes left to lose the game. Uh, getting all hyped up for their home opener and losing. Like, it's just, you know, welcome to the NHL. Yep. My, <laughs> my favorite my, my favorite thing, I'm a Seattle Seahawks football fan. And, he, like, Russell Wilson and his wife were at the game. And he, <laughs> did, he did the funniest thing ever. He bought himself a Seattle Kraken jersey with the number three on it. And he made himself captain. And I think that's funny. <laughs> and I think that's really, really funny. Yeah. But, I mean, like, also, like... Is like, gonna argue with him? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course you did, Russell. Yeah. Of course you made yourself captain, bud. Yeah. Captain Seattle over here. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I'm excited for their first visit to Montreal. That's gonna be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the Habs to go there. That will also be very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? I I hope. I hope they're, that they're competitive. Like they're they're already a way more likable franchise uh, than the Vegas Golden Knights. Like yeah. I fucking despise the Golden Knights. They're awful. Like Most as a fan, but yeah, like yeah, and that's what I mean. Like the, the Seattle fans seem like they're good fun for now. Yeah, yeah. Watch, they give them one win though. As soon as they win, <laughs> they're just okay. gonna be. I I think I think the big issue with the Vegas fans is they went to the Cup, uh, the first year, so yeah. now their fans just expect that like bare minimum and it's like no that's not how this works <laughs> they're <laughs> so all. arrogant they're yeah. so so arrogant like vegas fans just the worst so um yeah i don't uh i don't know what to say about about the leafs i i know that we're talking about something else but my heart is just broken dude you, like, you don't get you don't get to talk hockey heartbreak, bud. You don't get to not yet. You're six games into a season. You don't get to talk hockey heartbreak. Yeah, no, but like they're just not even showing up. Like they're just not even. Like the best players on the team look like the worst players on the team, and that just can't happen. Yeah. Like that just can't happen when you're making that much money against the cap. Like you're fucking us here. Oh. So we didn't get a chance to talk about this because we missed last week some tech issues. Um, so we got to talk Nick Suzuki's contract extension. Oh, yeah. What a brutal contract that is. That's ah, a steal of a contract. I think I think, it's gonna be a, so I, I, th- I think it's going to be a very fair value contract by the end of it. Guys never scored more than 50 points in a season. Uh, yeah, you're right, yeah. But also, and- like... And okay, like I'm gonna ask you for 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 one for one time on this podcast, take off your leaf glasses, and like have you watched Nick Suzuki play hockey? Yeah. Yes, I have. He is going to be an elite center. No. Yes. I I think you're misunderstanding the definition of an elite center. Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm not talking like the fucking hundred point fucking. Because those like guys like Matthews, McDavid, those are like like elite center isn't even the right word for them because they're more than that. They're like franchise players. You know what I mean? Like there's I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be up with those guys. But do I see Nick Suzuki being like an 80 point guy? Yeah. Yeah, I see. I see him, you know, not to the extent that uh, uh, Patrice Bergeron is, but like. That's the that's the mold that I see Nick Suzuki fitting perfectly is Patrice Bergeron, 
with a little big shoes to fill with with a little less of the offensive output because you know Bergeron's playing with Pasternak and Marchand and you know that line as a whole is fucking ridiculous okay but like to me, you can't pay a guy based on what you think he's going to be. You have to pay a guy based on what he is. And right now, Nick Suzuki would be, like, the number two on most teams, number three on some teams, number one on the worst teams in the league, which he is. One of the worst teams in the league is Montreal, and he is in one C on, on that team, right? Um, I'm going to disagree with you with being one of the— Well, I mean, okay, we're one in five. I guess we are. Yeah, okay. Sustained. Um. <laughs> But, like, you also have to, like, so you have to take, like, yes, you have to, you can't pay, well, you have to pay them what you think they're going to be worth. If you're going to sign a guy to an eight-year deal, which you want to do, you want to lock down a guy who's going to be one of your best players in the future. You think. You're not sure of that. You can never be sure of that. You can never be sure of it, but you look at, so, like, let's go all the way back to the trade. You know, we trade our captain, Max Pacioretty, to Vegas for Thomas Tatar. Nick Suzuki, who hasn't played an NHL game yet, and draft picks. And, like, when that trade happened, everyone went, the the, the big piece of this trade, the Montreal gets back, is Nick Suzuki. It wasn't Thomas Tatar or the draft picks. Like, Suzuki was the diamond in that deal. That's what we wanted. Right? You know, he had an outstanding junior career. I don't feel like pulling up his stats, but they're stupid. Like, his stat lines in junior were stupid. Um, plays his way onto camp onto the team, like, in camp his first year, has a great rookie year. Uh, you, just, you know when you just walk through that play, and you're like, oh, like, he's, like, like an incredible hockey IQ. Like, just always making smart plays, super responsible on both ends of the ice. And, yeah, and he's putting up production, you know, whatever is 45, 50 points. Like, you watch that, and you're like, hey, this kid is going to be good. This kid's going to be better than average. We'll call him that. And then, you know, he leads your team in playoff uh, points as you go to the cup final. And it's like, okay, like now, you know, he can do it when the fucking when the going gets tough. He's going to step up. He's going to fucking put his foot down and he's going to drive your team. And yeah, I want to lock him down long term. And so part of locking him down long term is paying him what you not just what he is right now, but what he is going to be. So I, I think it is. The first couple years of that deal, because it kicks in next year. He's still on his entry-level deal right now. I think the first couple of years of that deal is going to be an overpayment for sure. But I think by the middle to like by the middle, it's going to be a fair deal. And by the end of it, the end end of the eight years, I think it's going to be a steal of a contract. And I think yeah, that's, that's how, a lot of hoping, man. But I, but like, I you, just don't know if you can toss money around like that while you're hoping. But I mean, like, like I think you, it, like you, I, look, I look, let me look put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. What was the contract again? 7.8? 7. 7 point... Uh, I'll pull it up right Definitely now. right here. 7.875. Okay. Yeah. So, if he's worth 7.875, then what the hell is William Nylander worth? A lot more than that. But what the the thing with the, uh, what the Leafs did was they signed him to kind of a deal similar. Like, the, the mindset was similar, which is, we're going to overpay you in the first little bit, because we expect you to be better than that later in the deal. You know what I mean? And you look look at all the, the deals signed. Like look at Brady Kachuk. Is Brady Kachuk right now worth 8.2? Okay, but look at go look at William Nylander's numbers when he signed that contract. I, okay. 
So William Nylander signed that contract in 1819. In 1718, he had 20 goals and 41 assists for 61 points. In seven, he had two 60-point seasons already at that point when he signed for 6.9. Right? Okay. Now let's go to Nick Suzuki. Oh, I got it up right now. So his rookie, his rookie season, he put up 13 goals, 28 assists for 41 points in 71 games. And then last year, 15 goals, 26 assists for 41 points in 56 games. So, you okay. know... I, so extend that over 82, and that's probably close to 50, 60 points. Okay. Do you see where I'm going here? I No, okay. I understand where you're going, but like you also have to look like you can't just sign guys to one-year deals every year. Going, oh, you're worth this much this year, this is what we're going to pay. No, like, no, that's I, I understand that. But you have to prove what you're worth before you make, before you sign a seven-point. Like, that's a contract that's on par with guys like... Like that's what like that's way more than obviously McKinnon's a steal, but yeah, like that's that's way more than McKinnon's contract. But McKinnon, McKinnon has straight up better when he signed that contract than Suzuki is now. Yes, but McKinnon also straight up said he was taking a pay cut because he wanted to win a cup in Colorado. That that he said he'd take a pay cut on his next deal. He signed that contract because he wasn't elite yet. Yeah, at that time when he had to sign his deal, so they didn't sign him to what they thought he could be. And right? also, I'm just because I'm if they re- signed I'm, him I'm to gonna, what they thought he could be, he'd be but, getting like ten eleven. I'm also going to read off a stat line here that you can't say about William Nylander. Uh, 2020-2021 playoffs, 22 games, 7 goals, 9 assists, 16 points. Led the Canadians to a cup final. Uh, I think that was more... um, I don't think it was him who led the Canadians to a cup final. but No, but like, you know, the guy who leads a team... A guy who leads... The Stanley Cup finalists in points, like that means something. And to do that as a 22 year old, or not even, he was 21 because his birthday's in August. 21 year old put up that production when it mattered the most. So, yeah, like I am going to bank on him being that good in the future and better. Like, but like you could literally make this argument about any contract that you are, any long term contract you are betting that the player is that good yeah but you need to prove it first and one like one playoff run is not proof just isn't but i'm not saying it's just one he got this deal because of one playoff run i'm saying the canadians have looked at everything the junior fucking for uh canada's world juniors they look at everything and they go is this kid going to be our number one center for the next nine years yes so we are going to make him our number one center for the next nine years. Okay, but again, you can't do it until he proves that in the National Hockey League, and he just hasn't yet. 41 points in 56 games last year, 16 in 22 in the playoffs. Like, I don't know how you're not... like. That's not a number one center. I'm sorry. That's worth $8 million a season. He's just not. Okay, so again... My definition of number one center and your definition from of number one center are very different. Because you're, you've grown up in the number one centers being fucking Austin Matthews just fucking scoring 100 points a year. Like, not every number one center can do that. You know what I mean? And like then I said... Not, so that's what I... That, okay, so that's what I'm trying to tell you, man. Is that 
Nick so Suzuki so, would be a so, three so, C so, on a lot of teams. So, 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 are you saying that like unless a guy can score 100 points, he's not a number one center? Straight up. That is not at all what I'm saying. That is not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Nick Suzuki is not a number one center. Nick Suzuki would be a 3C, 2C on pretty much every team in the National Hockey League except for Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, and Montreal. To be honest with you, 100% honest with you, he's a number two on every team except for those four. Number three on Edmonton, the, the Tampa, Toronto, Toronto, yeah. Chicago, like. Yeah, but like, like. I don't I don't even consider that like an argument saying, oh, you'd be the third best center behind McDavid and Dreisaitl. It's like, yeah, like there's maybe one guy who displaces those two. And it's probably Austin Matthews. Like, like to to, to use that as an argument against the guy is like, OK, like. Like, what is what is your point? You're there? paying him like he is that guy. That's why. Because he is going to be that guy for us. OK. Yeah, this is just I, I'm arguing with a brick wall, so I'm no, just gonna stop. You, you, you've got the Maple Leaf glasses on. You, you just don't want to admit that the Canadians have a very good player in Nick Suzuki. I never said that. I what I'm saying is you way overpaid for him. And He's like not I'm saying, worth more than six. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're saying 41 points in 56 games. A guy who's fantastic, 200 playing feet. number one minutes. Yeah, that's that's not good enough for eight million dollars. Playing first line center minutes, not good enough. Uh, oh, and by the way, he is in his third NHL season. So you 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 think this is his ceiling? You 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 think at 22 years old he's hit his ceiling? He's not going to get any better than this. He could, but we haven't seen it yet. So you can't pay him like he like he can like he is like he is that good because he's not yet. Okay, but you have like you have to look. You have to. You have to fucking use your eyes and your fucking head and like watch. You're like, look, he's gotten eyes better. Looking at numbers that show he, me that I'm right. He has gotten better every year. There is, there is no reason why his he's not going to continue at 22 years old. Did Austin Matthews just hit up hit up at 22? Was that was that his ceiling? He's never got better than that. Like no, he no, got better. No, but we paid him like he was like like he like the talent level that we paid him for was the talent level that he was when he signed his contract. That's what we pay him for. What he already was. Not what we think he's going to be. What he already was. That's what I'm trying to get through to you. Yes, but... Because so Matthews isn't... Did, 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 did Matthews... Not. I'm not saying he is yet. I'm, I've said it repeatedly. But he you is can't not, pay him like that. But you want to lock him down for fucking eight... Well, nine years? Because he's got a year left okay, in his entry-level so deal? You, so you pay yeah. him less. No, you fucking... You, you lock him down and you say, we expect you to be this guy. You've shown us you can, you, you've taken all of the right steps to being this guy. Your contract is running out at the end of the season. We expect you to keep up this course of be, to be the guy. So we are going to pay you. And I mean, 7.875 is not like, we're not, it's not like we paid him 11. This is your number you know? one center, right? Yes, and he is going to be our number Five one center. Five games, minus four, one assist okay. so far. The entire team has been shit. If, if, this was, if Suzuki was the only one playing like shit, you know, I'd be a little more worried. But the whole team played like garbage. Like, up and down the lineup, every position, every guy, except for Jake Allen. Jake Allen gets a pass on this because he's been great. Everyone's played like shit. So, like, you know, and like I've said, it's six games into the season. 
in, in, in December, we will not be having this conversation. Okay. Uh, I just want to point out one thing, too, when we, because uh, we're talking about the comparisons with Bergeron. Yeah. Looking here, Bergeron has never in his career. Let me make sure here. Oh, in 06, 07, he was a minus 28. Other than that, he has never had a minus season in his career. Okay. Yeah. Nick Suzuki has been a minus in every season of his career. Wow, the, the, so, the whole two seasons. And says, so uh, hey, rookie, rookie year, minus 15. Last year, minus 5. This year, uh, minus 4. For a total of six, minus 24 six, in his career. Six games into a season. Um, But, like, if, if you're going to fucking start pulling, like, plus minus as a stat, I know you're just grasping at straws here. No, I'm just, you can't make that comparison. Because I'm, that I'm not you, saying he is. I'm saying that is the mold of player that he looks like he will be. You know, I'm not saying he's going to follow Patrice Bergeron's career fucking exact to the stats. Like, no. I mean, I wish he would because that'd be fucking lit. But like, no, like that's that's the mold of player is a fucking responsible 200 foot center who's going to give you good production. And I think. In a couple of years, you're going to be looking like this deal is going to be talked about. Oh, like, pretty fair deal. Suzuki getting 7.875. And then a few years after that, when the contract's nearing the end, it's going to be one of those ones where it goes, man, the Canadians were smart locking this kid up for this much this early because it's a fucking steal. All right. I guess the proof will be in the pudding. The proof will be in the pudding. Yeah. When you're taking up that much ice time, Gatano, you you can't be putting up these, like, he number one C, five games played, minus four, one assist, and you're calling like, him. You're, like, you're saying this is a one C. He's 22, Ave. Like so exactly. It's, it's so his why third. Are you paying him 7.8 million dollars. We're and not. He's 22 he, and he's not, not that good. We're not. He's on his He's on the third year of his entry level deal right now, Ave. This deal doesn't kick in until next year. And I'm and I've said it. I've if I've said it once on the show, I've said it a million times. The first couple years are going to be an overpayment. That's just how... Okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why would you not wait until his contract is up and give him one more year to prove himself? Why would you not do that? Uh, because asshole GMs like to offer sheet us now. Because we piss people off by offer sheeting their guys. So we're just going to skip the Kotkaniemi bullshit and lock him down. Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> I like, just... Okay. All right. You can't even fucking argue with that. Yeah, I can because you need like, especially with a guy like this where you do, he hasn't proven anything yet. Like to be a hundred percent honest with you, he had a great playoffs last year. He, he was a minus six there too. Just saying, but let's, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about how you could have had another year to see what this kid is actually made of, actually made of in a full 82 game regular season playing everybody in the league instead of the same nine teams over and over and over and over again. See what he can actually do in this league before you sign him to an absurd contract like that. I do not think that's an absurd contract at all. Like I said, the first couple years are going to be an overpayment, sure, and then it's going to even out on the back end. And I'm fine. That's, you know, in the business of hockey, in the business of it, that's kind of how contracts work. Like no, nobody, contracts no, are, no, are given to no, people. Who nobody, get, n- nobody gets fair. Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner. 
That's what I have to say to that. Age. Having a great year. Better than Suzuki. How did you do last season? And how much did you get paid? What have you done for me lately? So we're just going to forget that he fucking got paid, like, what? Nine million to score, like, four goals? Or whatever fucking useless numbers he put up? We're not going to forget about it, but Jeff Skinner this year has three points in four games. Better than Suzuki. Yeah, but how much is he getting paid? Nine mil. Yeah, Suzuki's getting paid 925k. Okay. Like I said, it's like arguing with a brick wall, and Nick Suzuki isn't good enough for us to keep talking about him, so we should stop. Nick Suzuki is one of the best young centermen in the league. He's going to be one of the best centermen in the league in a few years. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, Gatano obviously took some drugs before this podcast started because he just said that Here, Nick Suzuki is going to be one of the best centermen in a league okay. that has Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. Okay, but like, uh, hey, like, those guys just don't count. Those guys just don't count. Yeah, they do. They're, they are the best centermen in the league. That's it. They literally are exactly what you just said. Okay, no, it, it's like it's like in soccer when you talk about like the best players in the world. Like you just you don't say Messi and Ronaldo because it's just like yeah, like whatever. They're from another planet. Like they just they just don't count when you talk because they're obvious when you say the best players in the world. It's Messi, Ronaldo, one two every time. So when you want to talk best players in the world, you say all the other guys: Neymar, De Bruyne, fucking Mbappe. Because it's like, yeah, of course Messi and Ronaldo are up there. So when I say best centers in the league, like, I'm not saying he's going to be sitting fucking hanging out with McDavid and Dreisaitl and Matthews and those guys, McKinnon. Like, no. But is he going to be in that next bracket of centermen? Yeah, for sure. The, the, like, the way I look at it is, like, the, the not freak of nature fucking stupid, ridiculous centermen. Is he going to be in with those guys? Yeah, 100%. Because that, that category above is just the, the stupid freaking Asia guys that are, you know, built in a fucking lab. Yeah. And also, here's a secret, as I always do drugs before these shows. <laughs> ha. Ha ha. Ha. All right. Well, there's not a whole lot else to talk about. The Leafs just need to, for, from my perspective, the Leafs just need to show up tomorrow. And if they don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Wait, I do. Do we want to talk of Vander Kane? Um, not really. He doesn't really deserve the airtime, to tell you the truth. He's, if you didn't Fair know, Vander Kane is a dirtbag. And if only there were eight or nine warning signs that he was an asshole. <laughs> Uh, can I just like, like can I just quickly follow that up with uh, my sister texting me and she goes, yeah, like, you know, like after all this Evander Kane stuff, like all the, the first stuff, like I was really rooting for him. Like I felt bad for him. Like, you know, and she's like, no, now that he's like a real asshole. And I'm like, man, like those were all the warning signs that like he was a piece of shit. He's and, always like, been you know, a piece of shit. He's I been know. a degenerate gambler. He's been a liar. He's like financially unstable somehow after making millions and millions and millions of dollars yeah just insane uh was 21 21 games enough 
no, he should be banned from the league forever if you want the truth. He literally just like kind of said, I don't care about anybody else in the league. Like, and like the thing is, is like, he didn't even have to lie about the fake COVID stuff. Like he didn't, like he just, he could have just not been vaccinated. Okay. And now you can't play in Canada, yeah. but. How how do you think this goes over in the Red Wings dressing room? That one of their better players, Salvador Bertuzzi, was sat at home watching them getting thumped 6-1 last night. Because he doesn't want to get a vaccine. I can't see how that's good for dressing room karma. I just can't see how that, yeah. like, I just can't see it, how that's good. Because, uh, I mean, they were saying on the broadcast last night that he is the only one left in the league that is unvaccinated. Yeah, uh, Blackwood got vaccinated. Yeah, uh, I don't think he's got both yet, but he's on track to uh, to get both. Um, and before they get to Canada, so he won't miss any games. Yeah. Yeah, like, you gotta think, like, I mean, I'd feel like shit sitting at home watching my team get pumped, knowing, like, I could have been there. Like there's yeah. there's no there's no reason for him to not be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just because he's an idiot. Yeah, no other reason. Oh, man, I'm so fucking hurt by this hockey team. Like I can't. Anyway, you, I got a golf you, round. I gotta get to. Who do you guys have coming up? Uh, I don't even know. Oh, you're at Carolina on Monday. Oh, yeah, Carolina, because we got to light up Freddie Anderson. Oh, we go to Seattle on Tuesday. There we go. That's fun. Then you've got Chicago. We've got San Jose. And then we got Detroit. And then I've got L.A. When do we play the Kraken first? We don't play the Kraken for a while, man. Seattle Kraken, December 19th in Seattle. Hmm. I feel like I kind of, like, have to root for the Kraken just because I'm a Seattle sports fan. Uh, no, that's entirely, entirely false. Like, I don't know. Okay, so I'm... Oh, for him. I, I am one of the, probably one of the biggest Montreal Canadiens fans you know. Uh, I can't stand Montreal Impact. I'm a massive Toronto FC fan. Like, you, you don't have to like them just because, you know, you like another team in that city. Yeah, no, I just, I'll root for them. I'm not saying that, like, they're my new favorite team. Just, I'll root yeah. for them, you know. Yeah. I hope they succeed. I, I I hope they don't do a Vegas though. I don't. I hope they don't turn into obnoxious fucking pricks. I don't think they will. Seattle's a good sports city, man. Uh, fuck the Seattle Sounders. They can absolutely go fuck themselves. Seeing seeing Hawks Hawks players at the game last night though was pretty cool. Yeah. Like DK and B Wags were there too. It was pretty fun. Oh man, they had fucking uh, what's her face do the anthem. Give me a sec to pull it up. Sierra. No. Uh, Ann Wilson from Heart. Really? Oh, yeah. It was fucking, like... They... My dad, so my dad had a couple buddies over, and they were playing Pearl Jam for the intro to Hockey Night in Canada, and oh, they were like, what's, they were like, no what's this, the new, the new Hockey Night in Canada song? I was like, I think it's Seattle's first home game song. <laughs> that makes so much sense. I was so confused when watching the Habs game. They are using all the Pearl Jam music, and I'm like, look, I, I, I love Pearl Jam. They're a great band, great fucking songs. But I was just like, I, I, this makes no sense. Why, is, why are they randomly using '90s Pearl Jam music? For, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, Seattle's first home game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, the best was the best was Marshawn Lynch announcing Cali Arncroke, and he was like, "My boy, my boy, boy. Cali, my boy, boy, Cali." <laughs> 
Oh, that was the best. Anyway, like I said, I got a golf round to get to. Last round of the year. Breaking 90 today. No, Shot 82 last week, so. Might you're have been playing. Your you're, you're golf in 95. That's that's your prediction? Mm-hmm. 95. Hey, I, 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 I got a quick story to tell. Just, uh, I don't know if anybody listening here has ever played the uh, Crimson Ridge track here. All right. I eagled eight. That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's all I have to say. I eagled eight. You're, you're going to double bogey it today. No, I'm not. I'm going to eagle it again. No, I'm not. It's really cold. The ball doesn't travel as far. But... <laughs> I'm going to get the big guns out, though, for sure. Driving right, off buddy. the deck? Driver off the deck? <laughs> uh, I think driver off the deck's a good idea. I think oh, that's yeah. a bad idea. I think that's, that's a, a great really idea. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're, 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 we're sorry about last week. We had some, yeah. some, some tech issues. Yeah, some tech issues and time issues. Yeah. But um, hopefully, next week, we have a little bit more positive things to talk about. Honestly, for the sake of this podcast, I hope that both the Montreal Canadiens and the Leafs win all three games this year. And I hope Nick Suzuki has an absolute week. And Mitch Marner has an absolute week. I was going to say, I kind of hope the Habs and Leafs lose all their games because I just like to experience the shit show of that. <laughs> no, no. If they, honestly, I might throw myself into my dryer and just turn it on and just tumble around in there in nothingness. Uh, okay, so just, I don't want to like do this because I know we want to end the episode. But like, the Habs' losses to the Leafs and Rangers, like, were not terrible losses. Like, you you can you can lose a good game of hockey. You know what I mean? Our loss yeah, to the Rangers wasn't bad either. We yeah. dominated them and we lose in overtime. Yeah, so those are the games. Like, you know, you lose those. Like, oh, fuck. Like, but you know, when you get slapped around by Buffalo and San Jose, like. You know, a Pittsburgh team without $30 million worth of players, like... 34. 34. <laughs> yeah, like... Two of which are Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby. <laughs> yeah. Not good. No. But yeah, ho- hopefully a better week all around for both of us. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. I don't know. I have no faith. <laughs> all right. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again next Sunday.